Praise the Lord. Prophetic intercession 3.0. Informed intercession. 1 Corinthians 14.15 says, What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the mind. That word mind can mean understanding. Also, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also or the mind also. So, one of the questions I have all the time is, what do, and what do these things mean? You know, I see this, I heard this, I know this, but what does it mean? What, what is the effect of it? So that's kind of the theme tonight, is to interpret so we can move from the spirit to the understanding, from the understanding to the spirit, from the spirit to understand, and it becomes this cycle. We talked about that prophetic swirl last time, but it becomes this this kind of swirl or cycle so that we can get down to the real heart of what God wants to do so that our intercession can be fully aligned and in full agreement with heaven. So uh, dreams, any dreamers in the house? And lots of dreamers, that's good. I get approached quite often on dreams. So I just wanna go through dream language a little bit. This is kind of an introductory course to dream. I mean, we could do weeks upon weeks. God speaks in dreams. The Hebrew language is of pictures. He speaks in pictures. And so we can get a word in Hebrew, but it has um, a lot of meaning and depth of meaning. So our dreams are symbols, types, patterns that the Lord is speaking, and it takes us cycles with him to understand fully what he's saying. So I'm gonna read a dream that I, um, I didn't personally receive, but one of the intercessors gave to me this week, and we're gonna collectively interpret this dream together. But um, some of the common things in dream, and there's lots of resources, there's lots of dream Bibles, there's lots of dream, but ultimately Holy Spirit is the one who's gonna give us understanding of what that dream is. So a couple of themes in dreams. So the first question, when. I'm asked to interpret a dream is how did you feel? Was it a negative, like was it a warning? Was it a caution? Or was it a happy dream? Did you feel good? Was it you know, an upgrade maybe? God speaking to you about your destiny? So that kind of divides how we look at the dream right off the top. That's kind of the high level. It helps us say, okay, when we look at the numbers that God speaks to us in dreams, and so that's why I wrote down the dream numbers there. Um, it helps us, and even with visions or anything that the Lord's speaking to us, it's, and all of the Old Testament, New Testament's full of types, full of shadows, full of patterns. So um, can anybody tell me what the number one means in dream language or prophetic language? Unity, Unity. yep. Can there be multiple meanings to the same number? Yes. So, like I said, we don't have time to go through the depth of it here. Most of our time tonight is going to be around application of the prophetic sound, application, interpretation of movement, and application of what is God saying to us. So, uh, number one, unity. Number two, witness. So, that's the positive one. Give me a negative one. Division or double-mindedness. Three, Everybody's favorite number, Trinity. Four, the earth, four winds, four seasons, four gates. So context is really important, right? But when I read this dream later, we're gonna see lots of numbers in there and it helps us interpret. Five is, yes, grace. 
Six is, man, you guys are pro. Seven, uh-huh, eight, new beginnings. So these all have biblical references to them. That's why Darlene said circumcision. It's funny, funny. I was in Panama, and uh, the pastor said to me, because he was a line-by-line preacher, so whatever the next verse was, that was the next message. And he says, I don't know what to do. I said, what do you mean? He goes, there's kids in the church. I said, yeah, there's kids in the church. He says, the passage is about circumcision. I said, talk about the heart. Everybody will get it. Just relax. Like, he was so nervous. It was hilarious. Nine, fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Completeness. Ten, law. Eleven has a duplicity of meaning. Uh, Eleven is rebellion or irresponsibility. Twelve is government authority. Number 30, duplication, multiplication, 30, 60, 100. Thousand, 10,000, shall we go on and on and on, 144. So there's obvious ones in scripture that we can quickly reference, and then there's un, um, numbers that are not as obvious. So we did some ministry overseas, and uh, because I'm a prophetic type, they always send me in to go minister to the prophetic and talk about the prophetic. And they warned me, they said, this guy over in Scotland, this guy, he sees numbers. There's numbers everywhere. He's a little bit of an odd, an odd duck. I said, oh, okay. Well, this man saw, um, and the Lord spoke to him through numbers. So series of numbers the Lord spoke. And I just thought, well, that's unusual, but I always saw the principle of what he was saying. Everybody kind of discounted him, but I saw the principle behind the numbers. So for example, he says, I see 333, or God wakes me up at 333. And I thought, well, that's, I mean, that's nice until the Lord started waking me up at 333 in the morning. And I thought, well, it's just a coincidence. Maybe God's not worried about the time zone, etc. But 333 is often linked back to Jeremiah 33.3. So God speaks in mysterious ways. And so when there's patterns or number, often he will speak out of a biblical um, address, we call them, right? 1111 is another one. You know, if you have a dream and it's 316 and there's a guy by the name of John in it, we can probably interpret that that has something to do with evangelism. So these are some of the things that God will, and we need to be open for God to speak to us in mysterious ways because he does speak in types, he does speak in patterns, he does speak in all of these different kind of ways. And we need the context to understand because anything in isolation, I mean, I use the number 11, but 11 is rebellion and irresponsibility. But if we're seeing a pattern 11, so because I'm connected to a lot of prophetic intercessors, I get random or seemingly random, like I'm really seeing 11s everywhere. And they're not saying that from a negative perspective. They're saying that God, well, 11 can as well look like a track, right? Two ones beside or a parallel or whatever. So we really need to ask Holy Spirit. And I believe part of prophetic intercessors is just asking the Lord, like, uh, what does that mean? Because I don't understand. And he's so faithful to, to help us with our understanding. Colors. So when we see in visions or when the dancers are dancing or we have dreams and there's certain themes of colors, 
there's significance in colors. We see that when God talks in the Bible about the ephod or um, the high priest garments or any of these things. So let's just go quickly through colors. Um, Red, anybody? Blood, passion. Blood, passion, fire. Blue. River of life. Um, You said justice for blue. Peace and peace and justice is blue. Green, new beginnings. I can't spell new beginnings. That says new beggings, but it means beginnings, life, growth. Oh, healing is green. Yellow. Fear, yeah, like um, caution, like fear, like a yellow light. Joy, white, yeah, purity, the bride. So black would be sur- death, right? Surrender, coal, purification. So you guys are all referencing scripture. I can tell that you're referencing scripture, right? So. Coal, um, what did you say, refining? Warfare. Brown is humility. Okay, we have the idea. So basically what we're saying in Corinthians, we need to pray in the spirit and when the Lord reveals something to us, there's two levels. There's the initial, and we're gonna exercise this later, but there's the initial impression that we get from the color and then there's the deeper level. So when we when we ask the question, like John in Revelation and many of the prophets, God speaks through a picture and then, and then the Lord will say, what do you see, John? What do you see, Ezekiel? And then there's this interaction where the prophet or the hearer says, well, I see this. And then God brings another revelation or unpacks it, right? So, so these are kind of just placeholders to say, okay, God, are you saying new beginnings? Are you saying healing? What is it that you're saying in the green? And that's the process. So where we're moving from spirit to understanding and then understanding to spirit and it becomes this kind of snowball of, of revelation that we're praying out of. So prophetic acts, that was a question that came up last week. So why are prophetic acts important? Why is it important that we dance? Why is it important? So that's a Miriam dance, right? That's a celebration, that's a victory stance, but what's the most common prophetic act that every denomination, every Bible-believing believer, Bible-believing believer, does on a regular basis? Communion. So I wanna demystify some of the prophetic as well, and I like to use communion as the symbology, are we actually eating somebody's blood or drinking somebody's blood and eating a chunk of their flesh? Well, symbolically we are, but it's a type, it's a pattern, right? It's a shadow. So communion is one. What's another one that we love to do? I'll give you a hint. Anointing. This is called Elijah. This is from Israel, Elijah anointing oil. Now, Elijah did not, you know, get squeezed and put into this bottle, but it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So, um, um, anointing oil, 
baptism, we're trying not to drown you, but we're saying that you're dying to, it's a death and then a resurrection, right? Some other ones outside of the common three that we do, raising our hands, so that would be tied to what, scripturally speaking? Maybe a wave offering? Wave offering, raising hands. So we know all the basic ones in this house. Wave offering, raising hands. Yeah, so those are the common ones that we practice day to day. But what you'll see happen in certain when the Holy Spirit starts to move, I mean, I remember a video that was shown, I think here, uh, of a gathering in China where everybody started to do the same motion, right? So the apostles really in the house and those with the gift of interpretation are pressing in and understanding what the Holy Spirit is saying through this motion. That's a wave of the Spirit. So we can have a myriad of physical things that happen to us. One of my personal testimony, because I didn't understand, the Lord linked this to the prodigals, the prodigals for me. I, for the first time I was... I was in Southern California, and I smelt the Holy Spirit. And I thought, this is such a strange phenomenon. I've heard about this before. But I thought I was going crazy. And so the next day, I thought, well, maybe, you know, somebody just had some potpourri or some kind of smell in the, in the place, and I was just smelling things. I went back to this location in this uh, prayer house in Southern California, and when I stepped literally in the spot where I had smelt that his presence the day before, I broke out into an intercessory dance. And it was a little bit like Asian warfare. I don't know how else to explain it, but it was like a chop suey kind of thing. My body's moving. Nobody was there, so I didn't have to be, I didn't have to be embarrassed. I didn't know what was happening, but my heart, the intercession was, I knew I was interceding for the prodigals. I had no idea that the next day the church was doing an open air uh, evangelistic crusade looking for new believers, and there was a move of God in that meeting where many, many prodigals came back to the Lord. So what did that do for me? That told me that you can smell the Holy Spirit, dance and movement is powerful in an intercessory form and there was fruit from it immediately so for me he connected me to faith in those moments and that's really what he's looking for he's looking for us for all the things that we're doing is it connected to faith are we trusting him or are we operating in unbelief and the prophetic and the intercession is an assault against our mind right we don't understand it, but what I wanna do today is tonight is start to percolate in the interpretation. So not only are we doing things in the spirit, but we're also having the understanding. And as we do that collectively and corporately, then we start to get movement in the, uh, movement might not be the word, we start to gain ground in the spirit. We start to occupy, we start to take ground. Amen? Okay. So, a couple of others, I didn't write them on the board here, but how do we interpret sound? So if we hear 
you know, the drums and a beat of the drums. What are we, what are we thinking? What is, that, what is that signaling in the spirit? Warfare, marching, the army. And so we can, the heartbeat, listening, right? So we can start to position and come to an agreement with the sound. How about, how about the upper registry of the piano? Angelic movement. So when you hear that, that it's an unusual sound, but it's, it's signaling the angelic. It's the angelic, and often angels attracted by that sound, and we see the angels move in the upper registries. Um, <clears throat> how about the trumpet? Heralding the king, call to war, repentance, a call to repent, call together. So which one is it? In isolation by itself, we may not have the context, but in a series of, a series of sounds, movements, prophetic declarations, we're starting to get a fuller picture. Yeah, so I mean, we could go on for days, I think, with the different sound sights, you know, seeing, hearing, knowing or feeling, smelling, tasting. Um, you know, there's times where we will we'll taste the wine. It's the weirdest thing. I'll tell you what. I, well, speaking of the wine, I was in Texas. I like to tell the odd story. And I'm with a fellow that's not used to the prophetic kind of stream. And, and uh, he, he got drunk in the spirit before the service started, and he didn't realize he was, he was drunk, but he couldn't walk quite right. He couldn't kind of make an intelligent sentence. And he turns to me during the worship, and he says, man, there is so much love here, but what's happening to me? My tongue is so swollen. I said, brother, just embrace it. The Lord loves you. One of the most powerful times for him personally. But what we want to do apostolically is interpret or really double down with what the Spirit is doing. So we want to steward what God is saying, and then we want to declare and decree what he's saying and steward. Um, so we're going to practice that tonight. We're going to do an intercession um, set, but before we do, I want to share this dream because this is a dream. I didn't know Mark was going to be here tonight, but Pastor Mark is in here, and so we want to encourage him and encourage the house. So on November fifteenth, I'm just going to read the note, and we're going to interpret it. And this may be a jumping-off point for intercession and prayer tonight, or it may not be. We'll just keep it open-handed. Okay? It's the exercise in this dream. I am in the dream and also watching from outside the dream. So whenever we see ourselves in the dream or see ourselves from outside of the dream, we have to ask the question, what is my primary gift set and who do I represent? So if I see myself in a dream, usually it means there's something God wants to say to the intercessors or the prophetic. So if we see you know, Pastor Mark, what does he want to say to Pastor Mark? But more importantly, what does he want to say to the apostolic or the prophetic that has a national mandate or a global mandate, right? So there are two things happening at the same time in the dream. I am at Pastor Mark and Wendy's house, but it is not their real home. They are in now. Pastor Mark has his golf clubs, and he's going to teach me how to play golf. So I want you to hear this, not here. I want you to catch it in your spirit. 
And that's where the interpretation needs to come from. Pastor Mark has his golf clubs and he's going to teach me how to play golf. He hands me my golf clubs and they are children's plastic clubs. We golf and Pastor Mark takes my clubs home. I go to Pastor Mark and Wendy's house to get my clubs and Pastor Mark is leaving for a golf game. So I ask Wendy, where are my clubs? Where my clubs are? And she tells me they are in the laundry room. This is when I see the two puppies. Wendy tells me they paid 3,500 for one puppy and are seeing which puppy adjusts to their home lives better. I go into the laundry room to get my golf clubs and see three children's, plas- three children's plastic golf clubs set, stacked neatly by the door, but they are not mine. I go into a little room in the laundry room and see my golf clubs on the top shelf. I take them down and it ends. Now the other me, watching the dream from outside, sees a woman talking on a phone to a man and she says, Pick up the puppy they don't want, pick up the puppy they don't want and take it to the next customer out of town and just keep driving out of town and I will meet up with you. And I knew it was a puppy mill and Mark and Wendy were not buying a purebred puppy. I didn't have a lot of feeling in the dream when I saw the plastic golf clubs. I was okay with that and I thought the puppies were cute. So when I asked this individual, like how did you feel overall from the dream? It was overall a pleasant dream. Like it wasn't a troubling dream. It wasn't, so we're gonna view this dream from the lens of a positive dream. So golf clubs, what are they for? Recreation, How how many holes are in a golf game? nine or 18 so we could we could because God speaks in mysteries we can maybe assume that there's a significance around the number nine or double nines okay in the dream they move from a plastic set so children what do they represent innocence possibly immaturity and now the golf clubs move from a single set to a third set or three sets but they're on the upper shelf I think that that's right four sets all and Mark is a goal and he's going to teach me three plus one is four I got the math right and but they're in the laundry room now so what does the laundry room signify Cleansing, okay? Mark's gonna get, I'm gonna give this to him later and he can ask the Lord what it means. What do puppies mean? What do dogs mean in general? Faithful, loyal. He gets two of them. Two puppies are quite a handful. (laughs) But only one's gonna make it. So now there's an intercessory point. The original intent is two puppies. They're discerning which one to keep. $3,500 is the cost, which is 
it seems high to me. Maybe there's something there. So when we, when we do these things, when there's a loss or there's a change in, that becomes an intercessory point that we can pray into. God, what is your original intention when it comes to the puppies? And what about this puppy meal? Because that kind of seems weird, right? So those are the, these are the pieces that we can take back to God and say, well, what do you mean? And the intercession could come upon us or it could not come upon us, right? Um, there's a few other things. The fact that so there's tells, what I call tells and dreams. So is it a pizza dream where I had bad pizza? So if I was watching, you know, The Godfather and I dreamt all night about The Godfather, likely it's not a prophetic dream. But if it's seemingly random and or it's in a context that's unusual where God gets our attention or gets our attention, these are the dreams from God. Because that's the other question. How do I know if it's a dream from God? or it's bad pizza. These are some of the things, like it's unusual that you would have it. Many people come to me prophetically and say, I had a dream about, you know, have you ever heard of a place called Azusa? There was a sign called Azusa in my dream. Have you ever heard of that? I'm like, you don't, like, you don't know? So this is a sign that God is speaking, and then we can't manipulate this. So whenever we get dreams, we just, our responsibility is to document them as they are. Don't try to interpret them initially, just document them as they are, and then take the dream back to the Lord and ask him what part of it is an intercessory point so we can step into that so that there's a fulfillment. He's speaking for a reason, and so that his word does not come void, back void, we need to step in intercessorily into the dream.